This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to night three of blocks. So good to have you with us here tonight. Anybody out of breath like I am? Out of breath, but full of the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So good. So good. So glad that you're here with us on this final night. Believe God is going to speak to you tonight. Do you believe that? Uh, A few months back, we were in Kalamazoo, Michigan at a church called Radiant Church that some of you remember we had Pastor Lee here for our landmark assembly. And uh, it was at that conference that we went into some different sessions and Sarah went into this session with this pastor, Pastor David Perkins, called The Finishing Pastor. And she came out of that session just being like, this was incredible. Like this guy, what he shared, she was just talking about it and sharing it with us. And, and then we got to, to kind of see him in some different aspects. And it's kind of funny, our, our paths have crossed in a few ways over the, over the years. But, uh, but this year, as we were kind of getting ready for blocks and planning for blocks, we were praying about who, who we should uh, invite to come and speak, and, and God put Pastor David on my heart, so we reached out to him, and, and he came. And we've had an opportunity over the last few hours to kind of hang out with him, spend some time with him, and I'm telling you, this guy is amazing. He pastors an incredible church in Kansas City. He's got a family that loves God. He's got incredible heritage, and I believe he has a word for us tonight. I believe that, I, I don't think that what we just experienced in worship was just like a fluke. I believe it has to do with us pressing in, and I believe that God wants to come alongside that worship, and now he wants to impart a word into our spirit, something that's going to change our life. So so New Song, I want want you to just take a moment real quick, and I want you to just put out your hands in front of you, and I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Just in your own words, I'm going to pray, and I want you to just pray this prayer of, of saying, God, speak to me. So Lord, we, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for your word And your word is life to those who find it. And so, Lord, we want to find your word for us tonight. And so I pray, Lord, that over the next few moments, as Pastor David shares with us, God, that you would just anoint him with the spirit of God, with fire, empower him to say exactly what needs to be said. Lord, I pray that the word that he would share tonight, everyone in this room would leave thinking he was preaching to me directly. Lord, only you can do that, Holy Spirit. And so we invite you to show up in a powerful, powerful way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you help me welcome Pastor David as he comes up? Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) That worship was so amazing. I didn't want to come up and preach, baby. Let's just keep going. Can you give it up for your worship team? That was incredible. Unreal, amazing. And Pastor Josh and Sarah, wow, you guys have incredible leaders. Let's just give it up for them. Can you do that? Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and so grateful. And uh, we, we, are, we were friends for a moment, but we family now, baby. We family now. And so, uh, of course, I feel like I'm uh, among family. I'm actually from Oklahoma City, everybody. And so... Uh, I'm not really during these golden years. I'm pre-Stoops era. So I'm the Gary Gibbs era, baby. I mean, it's back, back when it was hard and difficult. And, but I saw City Bites when we, I turned in here. That, I love that. Anybody remember Time Out for Burgers? Let's go. Let's go. 90s. Come on. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Crystal's Pizza on Northwest Expressway. There you go. Okay. And you guys have Brahms, so it wins. And Ted's Cafe Escondido. All right. Okay. Okay. See, I'm just proving that I'm from here. All right. <laughs> uh, but uh, moved away in 2000. Uh, graduated from Southern Nazarene University here. And then I've uh, been gone for... Um, uh, well, 23 years, so, uh, but have an amazing uh, wife and, and kids. Can you throw up that picture real quick of my family? Um, if you can, this is my bride, Renata, and then that's Dawson, he's 18, Olivia is 16, Adeline is 15, Justice is 12, and, and my boys are with me because we're going to a Sooner game tomorrow, everybody, so, yeah, yeah. Hey, Dawson and Justice, can you guys stand? They're 18 and 12, and so my dude's with me. So love having uh, them here. Um, uh, I like to joke around about how um, my kids, for the most part, look like their mom, except for Adeline, that third one. She's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and when she was three, I was so excited to have a child that looked like me. I mean, I love that they look like Renata. They're grateful when they look like Renata, but, um, <laughs> but I got down on one knee, and I put my hands on Adeline's cheeks, and I looked at her, and I said, Addie, when I look at you... I see me. And she's got blonde, curly hair, big blue eyes, and she put her hands on my cheeks and she said, Daddy, when I look at you, I see you. <laughs> so anyway, I love that. She's about, about where I'm at. Uh, hey, if you have your Bibles, uh, here, here's where I want to go after tonight. I just want to go after the urgency of prayer in the local church. And I think that... Uh, we live, we have the privilege of being a praying people. We also live in the most entertained uh, culture, potentially in history, and an, such an abundance of information that we're often distracted. And I just want to kind of like a battering ram remind us of the privilege that we have to be a people that pray. And so as you go into this prayer season, my aim is to just continue to throw um, some gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And, um, and uh, my dad's a pastor uh, and my mom is a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, my dad's left brain, my mom's right brain. And my dream my whole life was to grow up and be like my dad because he's systematic he's, he's a, he's, and he discipled me. He walked with me, he was my hero. And, uh, and then when I was about 30, I looked at my parents and I said, my whole life I dreamed to grow up and be like my dad. But I'm just like my mom. And so anyway, um, you might not learn much, but we'll have a lot of fun. So um, anyway, sorry, that's, it's just, I'm having too much fun, Josh. I feel comfortable. Um, so I want to go after just, I want to just go after that prayer thing and uh, pray that God stirs us. And then we'll go into a moment um, right after we're done here kind of speaking. And I'd like to go back into a little bit of prayer time. Is that all right? Where we actually practice what we talked about and we do it. We do the stuff. So um, I want to invite my son, Doss. Will you come up and you just pray for us real quick? Can you give my son, Doss, a, uh, a hand as he prays for us? Don't make this too long because I got to preach. So oh, don't, yeah, don't take yeah, over. Yeah. Just No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesus, it's an honor to be in your presence and we delight in you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that tonight you would change each of us. Holy Spirit, that we would be a people that love to pray. Holy Spirit, would you give us a fresh love for prayer and a fresh love for your presence. We celebrate what you're going to do. We thank you. Speak to each of us. Change us and transform us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Acts chapter 1. Uh, if you read through Acts, you see that there's a culture of prayer all the way through Acts. 
And so I'm gonna just give you a couple thoughts here. But Acts chapter one, verse 14, it says this, they all join together constantly. Say constantly. constantly. They all join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with all the brothers. Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And I wanna just invite us, especially in this season of prayer, to constantly gather and to devote yourself to prayer. Real simple. And I think that uh, I live in a time where I'm, I'm amazed my temptation to theoretically know that prayer is good. It's easy for us to have prayer before the prayer people, but not for us, whoever those mysterious prayer people are. And I wanna invite you to not just categorize it for um, your mom, categorize it for somebody with a strange personality, but I want to invite you that when we look at this idea of prayer and we look at the way that the early church prayed, it was a part of the culture all the way through. Yes. And so I want to invite you to ask God what it would look like for you to be a person that prays. John Wesley uh, famously said, prayer is where the action is. That's really my goal. For you, for you to be able to say prayer is where the action, our culture says entertainment is where the action is. Our culture would say um, maybe wealth is where the action is. Maybe fame is where the action is. But imagine if deep in our bones, we believed that prayer was where the action was. Imagine if, especially in this prayer season where you as a church gather together, pray, if that was deep in your bones, you believed. And, and I wanna give you just a little bit of, of a prayer journey that we recently went on as a family. Because I feel like there was some moments where I was surprised by the benefits of prayer or surprised by the benefits of intercession. And so uh, just kind of briefly, uh, my dad, he's a, he's a phenomenal pastor. He's a disciple maker. And um, my parents had the shock of their lives when in 1976, they accidentally had triplets. And so I'm a triplet. Um, if you don't know what a triplet is, it's, it's, it's like being born in a litter. You see, um, <laughs> so my parents had David, Dana, Deborah, and then five years later, whoops, baby, Dan. And... Um, so David, Dana, Deborah, Dan, and my, my dad, as a disciple maker, would intentionally spend time with each one of us. So he studied the way that, that Jesus made disciples and the actual questions that Jesus asked his disciples. And then he specifically would, would, would do some of that with us. And so I grew up and went to Putnam City North High School over here and, um, and Hefner Junior High. And my dad, in that season, he was an intentional disciple maker with each one of us. And uh, all four of us, um, actually, none of us went through a prodigal season. All four of us went into ministry. And, um, and, 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 and so all of us had a moment when my dad went into the hospital in 2020, late November. Um, and he went in with COVID, but he had ARDS. Um, he had pneumonia. He had pulmonary embolism. And the doctors, as he progressively got worse, uh, came and told us, told him that he wasn't going to make it. And so um, we gathered, uh, my, my, obviously my mom and then my siblings and then all of the spouses and many of the knights, the grandchildren, uh, there's 14 grandkids between the four of us, and we would gather um, on Zoom each night. We gathered the first night that dad was in the hospital and we were believing God, God, would you touch dad and heal him? And then we gathered again. Hey, Dawson, can you fix this? This is currently, yeah, I need it to stay on. It's nice to have an 18-year-old tech 
son sitting on the front row. Um, but he would, uh, we, we gathered one night and then two nights and then three nights only to continue to just hear it's getting worse and worse and worse. And um, the doctors came, thank you so much. The doctors came and told us uh, that he was gonna, that he wouldn't make it, that he would die. And, um, and then there came the moment where they became kind of frustrated with our family and said that we were uh, living in denial. We weren't facing reality. And um, I don't know if I should have done this, but I changed the text thread of our family um, from Perkins family to living in denial because I was just, I can't, I can't quit. Like until, until there's that last breath, I'm going to believe God for my dad. My dad had been my best friend my, my whole life. And, um, the good news, the, the, crazy, the crazy part of the journey is that um, after 23 nights, uh, my mom had not seen him and they decided to let my mom in before he went into comfort care to see him and for what they told her would be the last time. And uh, my mom went in and she sat down and they hugged and not too much later, uh, a nurse came in and turned his oxygen down from 60 down to 50. You gotta imagine for 23 days, he's connected to this machine that's keeping him alive. They've told us he's not going to live. Um, the doctors told us there, there's this, he's, he's, not, he's not gonna make it. Like when we would say, is there a 1% chance? They'd say he's not. And they said, the doctor said word for word, his lungs have experienced a mortal wound. He will not recover. And the nurse turned it 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, five. And my mom looked at the nurse and said, what are you doing? Is he going to die? Thinking something was going on. And the nurse said, I'll send the doctor in. The doctor came in, looked at my dad and said, Mr. Perkins, I don't know how to explain this, but your body has instantly healed itself. And my dad walked out of the hospital. Um, and I've got a picture of my dad now. He's on my staff, and uh, he's a preacher. He's preaching here this month, and he is one. I mean, he is, he is, he's actually, uh, I mean, he's 77, and he's ablaze after God. He leads all discipleship at our church, and I just, I just want you to know some of what I experienced on that journey. I, I live in a time where, if, if I can be honest with you, if you live in Edmond, Oklahoma, see, I can say this because I know this place real well. <laughs> if, you live, if you live in Oklahoma City, you know what it's easy to live like? It's easy to not have a burden for prayer because you have so many good things. Your transportation's right. Your lodging's fine. Good enough. Your food is good. Your sports are incredible. No, I'm just kidding. You're, you're, you, you've got... You've got so many buckets where everything is just kind of okay that the level of holy desperation, the burden to pray often fades. And I want to give you tonight just some of the benefits that take place when you're in a place of desperation. God, I need you. 
And there's some of you tonight that my prayer is that even if it's not a prodigal child, even, even if you feel like, hey, everything is circumstantially okay, that God would give you a burden that you would care like he cares because it's actually in the place of crying out to God with the burden, the fires of prayer burning bright inside of you. You'll start to experience some of the benefits of intercession. Some of the surprise benefits of prayer. It's like when C.S. Lewis says he was surprised by joy. There's some surprises in the place of persistent intercession that you'll go, no way. God, you're better than I could have ever imagined. On the night before my dad was healed, I was leading our church in prayer and I'm, I'm, I'm coming to like night after night after night of praying for my dad. And I, I honestly felt like I had no, no tears left to cry. I just felt like I've just poured it out. And I'm, I'm, I, I, some people, when it comes to prayer, there's intellectual knots about how God works. And so they'll say, how can God be all sovereign? How can God hear the prayers of the saints and man have free will and God somehow use the prayers of the saints? I can't theologically figure out how prayer works. So I'm gonna take three steps back and blame the fact that I can't figure it out and stop praying. The, the challenge is that when you read Matthew 6, Jesus told us to pray. We find him saying, asking you will receive, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, for all who seek find, to everyone who knocks the door is open. And he tells us to come and to pray to him like a child to a father. Which of you fathers doesn't want to give a good gift to your children? Which of you give them a snake? Which of you give them a rock? No, no, no. You who would love to give good gifts to your children, that's how your heavenly father is. And when you have that lens of prayer, then you'll come before God not so confident in your own intellect, but confident in his goodness and his kindness. And say, God, I want to come before you and believe and ask and seek and knock and believe again. And I want to invite you tonight. If today you would say the, the fires of prayer have faded, I'm going to ask God to give you a burden so that you'll care like he cares because he cares about unreached people in other places that have never heard the gospel. God cares about the hurting, the sick, the poor, the orphan, the widow. God cares about Oklahoma City knowing Jesus. He cares about the neighbors, the, the rooftops that you drive by and you don't even think about because Spotify is going and their eternal destiny is on the line and heaven and hell are realities and you can't figure out how it all works so you've decided to just take seven steps back and just kind of punt on the whole idea but when we look at God God's given us a mission and a purpose you play a strategic role and when you believe those things to be true there's actually a level of urgency of oh God I need you one of the things that I experienced that was just surprising to me is I was driving home I was driving that night and it was actually, it turned out to be the night before God healed my dad. And I was going from church prayer meeting to a family prayer meeting on Zoom. And I'll, I'll just never forget driving on 151st Street by myself in a 2005 Honda Pilot. And I just, I just said, God, I trust you. And I felt so close to God in the middle of, confusion. 
And I wasn't feeling anger towards God. Some people do. I just felt disappointed. Just disappointed. I trust you if I lose him, but just sad. But I looked at the Lord and I remember, I had just led our whole church prayer meeting and I remember I, I, had, I felt the sadness, but I, I can't remember in the last decade when I felt so close. And in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. You're so close. When it feels like things are so hard. And when you go through the valley, when things are challenging and difficult and hard, here's one of the surprise benefits of being a person that possesses a burden to stand in the gap in the place of intercession. You'll be surprised by friendship with God. Prayer or intercession is where the friendship is. Remember that moment where Moses in Exodus 32, he comes before God and he's crying out to God, don't smite them. And he's standing in the gap as an intercessor. And then in Exodus 33, he's the friend of God saying, show me your glory. The next chapter later. It's often the man or woman that will stand in the gap in intercession. That'll cry out to God and, and believe. And just, you have Moses as an example, praying, asking God on behalf of the people. And so what may start for you in God, give me your heart for this county this city, my neighborhood, young people, for, for my high school, for my junior high. If you'll come before God and say, God, help me care like you care. Get the burden that's on God's heart before it's on your heart. And it's in the place of prayer that God downloads his heart. And then here's what will surprise you. It's actually in that place of crying out to God. We are crying out for the burden in intercession. And you draw close to God. Your, your labor, prayer is laboring in the spiritual realm. You labor in the spiritual realm and you end up and you, what you care about looks more like what he cares about. And the friendship with God starts to flourish. Amen. The friendship with God starts to blossom. So that's why, that's why you'll see people that spend lots of time in prayer and they've got tears They've got maps. They're people that, that they've, over time, they've gotten closer and closer. Yeah. Some of you, I want to invite you. I love, I, I love the devotional prayer concept. I love the devotional prayer. And I want to invite you. you. You start to pray. So when Pastor Josh and Sarah, and they say, this is the prayer target, if you'll slowly start to say, instead of just saying, that's for a certain category of people, that show up and, no, that's me. Yeah. Early church, they gathered together and prayed. Yeah. They gathered together. Acts 3, we find them gathering at the time of prayer in the temple. We find them gathering in homes. We find Peter and looking at it for a moment, pull his hands out of, out of his pockets in Acts 3 and silver and gold I do not have, but what I have in the name of Jesus. Prayer is a part of the culture. It's easy to not have prayer be part of your culture because we've learned how. Show up on a Sunday, check a box, and I want to invite you to more than that. Yes. I want to invite you to a prayer life that goes, I'm going to stand in the gap and then be surprised. You'll be surprised how in your own journey. You won't just, sometimes I hear people say enjoy prayer, which I love that, but you'll actually enjoy God. 
You'll, you'll actually be surprised the way that, man, I'm, ex- I'm ex- and that's one of the first things I experienced. I, in the middle of the crisis of, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I felt like, man, I felt closer to God. And so be real, be raw with God, not fake. Use language like you would really say how, like I would really sit with Josh and re- have a real conversation. Oklahoma City, so, you know, Sonic, um, you know, th- a real conversation, not like we would sit over Sonic, that right? Like we would have a burger, like Eskimo Joe's, like something, real people, real conversation, that kind of conversation with God. God, why? Instead of King James to God, you know, bestoweth upon me. A, no, you don't use bestoweth. No, talk to God in a real way, like you were talking to a real friend. And in that place of standing in the place of prayer, you'll find your friendship with God grow. Another piece that I found in that is not just prayers where the friendship is, but prayers where the camaraderie with others is. Like we live in a culture so, so we're desperate for friends. We want friends. We need community. And here's what I would encourage you with. I love the idea of gathering together for the sake of playing sports together or all the, there's a lot of really good things. And let me tell you this, not in substitute for those things, but more powerful than those things. If you'll gather together with a band of intercessors and cry out to God for God to work, you want to talk about, you want to talk about something that unites you. When you've, when you've come to the local church prayer, I mean, Charles Spurgeon used to take people to the basement of his church and the preachers would come to say, I want to learn how to preach like you preach. And he would take them to the basement and say, this, to the prayer meeting, this is the powerhouse of the church. If you'll gather with the saints and pray. So turn off Netflix. <laughs> That's your first amen, brother. But I would love like 10 more of those. That is right. <laughs> right? Like, if you'll, turn off, if you'll turn off some other things, we're so distracted. And actually, the privilege of the prayer meeting, gather together, you'll be surprised the relationships that will grow. My sister-in-law, my brother is a pastor in Colorado. So they serve. We live in Kansas City. And my, my sister-in-law, her name's Amy. And all of us, the four kids plus four spouses plus my parents, we'd all gathered every night straight without missing a night for 23 nights to pray for dad's healing. And she sent a text in the family text thread called living in denial two days after dad had been healed. And she said, I'll celebrate how my dad's healing the rest of my life. And then she actually wrote this. She said, but I miss gathering every night to believe for a miracle. Never in my life have I felt so close to you guys. I feel like we've gone to battle together and the prayer sessions have caused the walls to come down. And instead of fighting over the little comparisons that take place with triplets and siblings and rivalries, I've never felt so close. I feel like we've, we've just seen victory in a battle. You'll be surprised when you gather Zoom, noon prayer meeting, Ladies' prayer meeting, men, actually, when it says, I, when Paul says, I pray that men everywhere would lift up holy hands to pray, like if men actually got together and lifted up holy hands to pray, you'd be surprised how that surpasses a victory by the Cowboys or the Sooners. 
you'd be surprised how in time your prodigal son that we've been praying for for six years, what? He came? Yeah, he came. No. Yeah, yeah. The one that you said no chance. The one that I've prayed tears for. I've cried out to God. I've stained the carpet here praying for your son. And your, he, yeah, he gave his life to Jesus. Pastor Josh said, and he, no, yeah. Na, 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 na. I mean, there's a friendship that's far greater than a touchdown. I'm telling you, when you, when you, see, when you see the person that's healed, when you're crying out to God, even when you're standing in the pain and the difficulty, and even when it takes years and sometimes you don't see, like, but you're standing in faith, you're asking God for the things of the kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done. The level of that friendship, it's better than any barbecue in the backyard with friends. I'm all for barbecues in the backyard. I'm, I love that. I, I, but I want to invite you. There's these, it's amazing. The surprise benefit of what God will do when you give yourself diligently to pray and say, oh God, have your way. You'll find your heart connected to it. You'll find your heart going, this is what I long for. This is what I want to see. So I want to invite you. If you look at the, the culture of the early church, they devoted themselves. They gathered constantly. Read through Acts and you'll find a culture of prayer. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathering was shaken and they all began to speak the word of God boldly, Acts 4. That's the culture. Is that a counterculture in 2023? Yes, it is. Is that difficult to live in a day where you have Spotify, Netflix, and even Prime gives you free movies? Yes, it is. Is that difficult in a day where there's perpetual cynicism and mocking of God? Yes, it is. But those who sow in tears will reap in joy. And if you sow in tears, and you stand in the gap, and you believe, and there, there may be some moments where you see God work, pop, God does something amazing. And there may be moments where it feels like it takes forever. But every once in a while, you see, you actually see, you actually see God break in and do something supernatural. And there's delight. This is silly, but I was a youth pastor for 20 years. So give me a little grace here. Um, I think that the third thing that I saw was the power of God break in when God healed my dad. And this is a, 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 I feel like there's many people that because of their hurt of not seeing miracles, their disappointment, they'll back out of the whole thing of perpetual prayer of intercession. Yeah. And I, I, I would say that there's so many times that we just say, God, I don't know. There's a, there's, there's a, a man that I'm praying for that we planted our church in 2016 He's in a wheelchair, still in the wheelchair. And I'm believing with him. I don't know how many years I'll pray. I don't know how long he'll be at my church. But I know that right now I'm, I'm, I'm in that prayer grind with him believing. Don't have all the intellectual answers. There's a lot of reasons that people bow up. But here's what I want. There are amidst that it is not an equation. It is not a Coke machine where we put our coins in and then, you know, we, we and, and then God does it every time. It's not... It's a relationship, but here is the truth. There are times where God hears the prayers of the saints 
and does miracles like we can't fathom. And I want to invite you to believe in that power. So the way that I was going to say, it's almost silly to say it, but when I was a kid, I had the jack-in-the-box toy. And you never know when the pop is coming, right? And I'm telling you, that's prayer. And you're just, pop! Whoa, surprise, God did it that night. No way. But most of your life is, Monday, Tuesday, months go by, years go by, pop! And then, but every time you get the pop, you say, I would never trade years of intercession and prayer. Because when God leans over the balcony of heaven and you see supernatural power. And when we read the apostles, the culture, there's a, there's a supernatural power element. The easiest thing to do is to explain it away and choose to live powerless lives. Paul says that in 2 Timothy 3. He says, having a, he's listing godlessness. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Do you know how, how tempting it is for, in Kansas City or Oklahoma City, it is to have a form of godliness, a form of church, and just stop talking about power? Too painful. People debate. So much hurt. But do you know, it's when, it's when you see that power. It's when you see God do supernatural things with power. When God works with, that's where there's this. I mean, you look at Jesus. And when Jesus did miracles, he had people's attention. And I want to invite you not to give up on power. The God, when you look at Jesus, if you want to know what God is like, look at the face of Jesus. Jesus did miracles. When you look at the Holy Spirit working in Acts, Miracles. God still moves in power. And it's easy for you and I to say, I figured out a way to do church without power. We figured out a way to do nursery. We figured out how to do it on YouTube. We figured out how to have cool buildings. Slick. And yet it has no staying power. People will leave that religious environment in droves disillusioned. But when people have encountered the power of God, they have a witness. I've tasted and I've seen. You can't talk me out of this. God is at work. When I uh, lived here, I, um, when I was in college, I bought, a, I bought a, a Ford Mustang that looked fast. It was a 97, uh, sorry, it was a 91 Ford Mustang. I bought it in 97. And the guy who I bought it from had taken a Ford LX and made it look like a 5.0 GT fast fire engine red Mustang. And so it had tinted windows. I mean, it was, it looked so awesome. It looked fast. It looked amazing. For one semester, well, I dr- when I went to college here, I would drive it around. I went to Southern Nazarene in Bethany and I would people rev the engine next to me. And I literally did this. I'd look at them. And I just go like, nah. Like, you don't want any of this. 
because on the outside, I looked so fast. But deep down, I knew I've got no power in this thing. So I never raced because I knew I didn't have the power, even though I looked good, which is like we act right now in church. We, we, we don't pull our hands out of our pockets and pray for healing because deep down we think, I don't know if God's still, I just, but I'm telling you, when there's the power of God and it's not about you, it's not about you being, looking awesome. It's about you being holy and desperate for that person to know Christ, that person to be healed, that person's marriage to be healed. And you just say, I, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have in the name of, and you stand in every chance you get, you step in and pray. I'm just telling you, if the church is full of mannequins where they look good, but they're just not real, not life, will have no power. It's the pain of the, it's the pain of, the, it's, why, it's why people want nothing to do it. But when there's spiritual vibrancy and they've been with Jesus, that's what they, wow, it looks like these guys have been with Jesus and you've got power. And, I, and, and if, if, if one of the things that I would say I felt like I experienced in December of 2020 was when God healed my dad. I, I sat on the day before with my dad all afternoon on Zoom. And I wrote in my prayer journal. I just asked him questions. And I thought, this is probably my last interview. You know, like, I don't know how many times he can even do this. He was so weak. I just didn't even know he had, to, he had I mean, an oxygen tank connected to him and he was just to breathe. It was like, it was so hard. I almost felt bad talking to him because it was so, it was painful. It was hard. And I said to God, um, sorry, God, if you heal my dad, I will tell that story the rest of my life. If you'll heal my dad. And I don't know why I have a dear friend in Michigan. I was praying for his mom, same time that he was praying for my dad. My dad lived and his mom didn't. I can't, I don't know. I don't, there's no equation. I don't, but this I know. God stepped in, he healed my dad. And me telling you this story tonight is me still keeping my word to God when I told him, I'll tell that story the rest of my life. And I wanna invite you, there's power in prayer. But David, I feel, I don't always feel it. Exactly. I'm not talking about your emotions. I'm talking about your convictions. If deep in your bones you believe that prayer matters, that when Jesus said, ask and you receive, seek and find, knock and the door will be open to you for everyone that asks, receive that all seek, find. Well, what about the guy you talked about in Michigan? Listen, there will be a day says in Revelation that we'll stand before God and we'll say, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. And I think you'll be able to look back at human history and go, oh, God, you remain sovereign. You use the prayers of the saints. They actually made a difference. And when I prayed, God did stuff. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. No. Those prayers at Hefner Junior High, that made a difference? Yeah, no. And that affected what? Ha! You, no, yeah. Ha. And then in my 30s, when our church was going through those trials, we, yeah, and you, and that, God, you were working, the, you, every prayer. Yeah, I, do you remember I, I, 
I just imagine him looking at us saying, I, I told you that. <laughs> yeah, but God, I couldn't figure it out intellectually. I read seven books by Calvinists, seven books by Arminians, seven books by cessationists, seven books by charismatics, and I couldn't figure it out. So I gave up on it and I watched Netflix. And he says, I told you to pray like a child. I told you to come like faith like a child and ask. And your role was to ask. Your role was to keep believing. Just over and over again, Jesus looked at the faith of people that said there was... They were desperate and broken. It's the desperate and broken that just refuse to stop asking. And then, pop. God goes, break in. Miracle. Pop. God does the miracle. Pop. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your journey is when I say that. If you... If it's hard, but I imagine tonight being a moment where we actually believe and we come before God and take the very thing that is currently the burden or asking God for a burden. William Temple said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. Watchman Nee said, Satan's strategy is to put everything related to the Lord before prayer and make prayer the least important matter. Sometimes when you travel around the world, they don't have the prayer mobilization problem that we have because they're desperate. They need God. If, if it feels like your transportation's right, your food is right, all, everything's right, then say, God, give me your heart and let me have the burden that's on your heart and carry one burden. And you'll be surprised how you start to pray and get closer to God, get closer to people and end up seeing the power of God. Martin Luther King Jr. said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Billy Graham said, prayer is not preparation for spiritual warfare. It is spiritual warfare. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. So I just want to invite you to ask the Lord what it looks like for you. What it would look like for you to carry a burden and to believe God. And if in 2023, in Edmond, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma City, if God might use a praying church, if God might use this prayer season, the beginning of 2023, both personally and in your marriage and with your children and in your school and a place where you work and just believe. Like actually ask God for, so you're actually working towards something. And I wanna take a few moments to pray before we do that. Josh, if it's okay, I just want to turn this into a big fat prayer meeting for a few minutes. Is that all right? Um, I just want to tell you this story real quick. Um, Dawson, my 18-year-old, when he was 16, he started praying with a group of guys online on Zoom. And one of the boys um, was born with a defect in his voice and had a, has a high-pitched voice um, and was told that he would never have it go back to normal if it, if, if, it, if it hadn't happened by now. And so at age 16, he was looking at a life of having this uh, broken voice box where it remained high. And so I'd be driving in our truck and I could hear my 16-year-old on an iPhone praying with this boy. And every time this boy lived in California would pray, had the high-pitched voice. 
and Dawson uh, went to camp, and this boy, his name's Jimmy, was one of the, there's four boys in his cabin, and the first night of camp, Jimmy felt like the Holy Spirit told him to remain quiet. And after the, sur- after the worship service, he started to sing and God healed his voice. And I want to show you this because you know what? Maybe some guy from Kansas City drives in and he's cray cray and you don't have to believe a word he says. But when there's moments where you go, if I can show you God at work, let me show you a broken kid with other teenagers gathering around him, praying, asking God for healing, and God heals a kid. Maybe the fires of prayer will burn just a little bit brighter because we'll see just a little bit more. So look at this. This is Jimmy. This is him sharing his, uh, his faith on Instagram before his healing. Can you show that video? What's up? Um, my name is Jimmy. Um, for those of you who don't know me, and for those of you who do know me, I think um, you'd know that my faith and God is just such a big part of my life. Um, and for those of you who maybe don't really God heals Jimmy. We just had him at our youth conference with a low voice. And me. this is Jimmy now. Watch this. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. <laughs> Come on. Let's all stand up together. We just stretch out your hands. Father, we're asking, Lord, that the fires of prayer would burn bright. Ignite. Father, I lift up those who are tempted to grow weary. Just like that Luke 18 text. It's so easy to grow weary. But Jesus told the parable that we might pray and not give up. And I pray for the weary intercessors that you'd light a fire again tonight. I pray for the 15-year-olds that this is fresh. I pray, Lord God, set them ablaze for decades. We ask, Lord, that you would download your heart into ours tonight. Spirit of the sovereign Lord, rest on your people tonight. Holy Spirit, come. This is your place and we are your people in 2023 in Edmond, Oklahoma saying, come God. Come. Come and have your way. If you're in the room tonight and you just want to ask God, God, would you put a fresh fresh fire, fresh desire to pray. Do you just ask the Lord to do that in your heart? That's you. You just, God, do this again in me. Some of you, even now, the Lord will begin to give you a burden. You're just, even as you're waiting there, you know, 
I, God's giving me a burden for the youth of our church or of the city. God's giving me a burden for the poor. God's calling me to pray for the lost, the nations. Just, just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Wait on the Lord for just a moment. Spirit of God, come. Holy Spirit, let our hearts burn within us as we wait on you. Come. God, put something in us that bears fruit. Give us a hunger to pray. I pray for revival movements within families. As I picture families gathering to pray picture children where the culture of the family is a praying family not a not a bored family but a burning family not bored with the things of God just trying to do religious duties stories of God at work come Holy Spirit come touch your people stir up our faith tonight Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for New Song Church OKC in the App Store.